Good morning, good morning, fam. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Yanagita Podcast Show, where we're going to be talking about health, fitness, leadership, and I'm your host, Justin Yanagita. And today's guest, we have the Executive Director for the Wall to Ends Alzheimer's Association, LJ, in the house. LJ, how's everything going, man? Good, good. Things are great here in Honolulu. How are things there in Maui? Yeah, things are progressing. Things are starting to slowly open up. And I'm just pretty pumped up. I got my hair cut finally. I feel fresh, <laughs> feeling good. <laughs> so um, I was just curious. We, I mean, there's a bunch of things the audience want to know, but I, I had to get to know LJ because I've seen, I've always seen your dog photos on Facebook. And I think the name was Pico, correct? Yep, yep. Yeah, tell us, tell us about Pico, man. Our audience loves dogs. I love dogs. Just uh, kind of get into that. Sure. Uh, yeah. P, you know, I got Pika about a year and a half ago. Um, uh -huh. She is, I, you know, believe about a month old. Um, but she's just been, you know, a blessing uh, in my life and has just changed things for, for the best. Uh, you know, I think dogs are, as they say, man's best friend. And, and um, you know, she's been a loyal companion, uh, unconditional love, and has just brought a lot of joy to my life. Pika means spicy in my native tongue tomorrow. Uh, she's not very spicy though. She's kind of, you know, she has her own little personality. Uh, she's very timid, um, but very playful. Um, but she's been a great dog. She loves taking pictures, as you can see. She always poses for the camera. Um, nice. But, but yeah, yeah, no, she's, she's just been awesome. I wish I could take her biking with me. Uh, yes. You know, or all the amazing hikes that we've been able to do here, but she's not you know, she's not very adventurous as, as uh, most other dogs. Mm -hmm. uh, she likes to stay home and, and um, or, or just go to the park and run, a, run around, um, you know, and enjoy, enjoy the outdoors that way and not get dirty and things like that. So it's been, it's been uh, nice having her around. Um, yeah. For How the, old is the year and a half I've had her. Oh, a year and a half. Uh, she's, yeah, a year and a half. So she's almost two. She turns two in September. Oh, nice. And uh, the Maltese? Yeah, yeah. Maltese? She's a Maltese, yeah. Oh, man. Beautiful Maltese. dog. My fiance <laughs> has a Maltese, too. And I just thought about uh, the our, our dog, too. So, wow. Okay. So, LJ, I this is something I just read. Uh, I think it was right before this whole thing, or right as this whole thing was happening. And it was from the Hawaii Business Magazine, a little quote from you. And it just really struck. I was like, wow, showed some great leadership. So I'm going to quote you. Our focus is and has always been to lead our mission, crisis or not. But at this moment, calls for those heightened efforts and support those who have generously given their time, resources and dollars to the association. And my question is, where or who do you get your leadership influence from? I mean, were there any mentors or people or who helped you along the, the way over the last few years, 10 years? Sure, sure. So, you know, I started my nonprofit career with the American Diabetes Association, and I had the opportunity and the pleasure in, in uh, you know, having worked and uh, really fall under uh, leadership and guidance from board members from, from the, the local chapter uh, board here in Hawaii. So a lot of what I've learned have, has come from 
um, learning from them, and also um, my former supervisors at, at the American Diabetes Association. And similar here with the Alzheimer's Association, you know, we have an amazing senior leadership from, from our board <clears throat> leadership here um, on the local chapter, uh, our regional leadership, and also our, our national leadership, our CEO, Harry Johns. Uh, so I, you know, I, um, I owe a lot of what I've learned from, um, you know, my, my former supervisors and board members who are community and corporate leaders in our, in, you know, throughout Hawaii uh, that have given their, their time and, and just advice as I started my, my career in nonprofit and moved up within the American Diabetes Association now and now with the Alzheimer's Association. Wow. And that's incredible because I was reading up that you've been in the, with the American Diabetes Association for about eight, nine years. And mm -hmm. congratulations uh, on your anniversary with the Walk Down Alzheimer's this month, correct, right? So I'm just curious, LJ, because someone like you who is driven, who is hungry, where does that come from? Because looking at your track record, it always seemed like you're trying to add more value, serve more people, and you're always doing something and you're trying to help more and become more. Where does that hunger come from? I mean, does it come from your, maybe your background, your origin? Yeah, tell us about that. You know, I, I'm, I'm just very self-driven. Um, mm -hmm. And when I, when, I, when I put my mind to doing something, I, I fall in love with it. You know, whether it's a cause or a project or even, you know, things that perhaps you, you know you're, you will, um, you know, be faced with challenges and obstacles. You have to fall in love with it in order for you to really, um, um, you know, get through whatever that, that may be, whether, it, um, as I mentioned, whether it's a project or whether it's this new adventure I have with the Alzheimer's Association. Um, I think a lot of that self-driven mentality uh, comes from my mother. She's a single, mm. she's a single parent. Uh, and so she, you know, she had her mother hat on and also her father hat on. So she did uh, an amazing job, I believe, in, in raising me and who I've become. Um, I, I, I did not finish college um, because I chose not to finish college. Now I'm not telling folks to not go and finish, you know, their education, but it was just not for me um, because I knew that I wanted to, to um, you know, start working and, and start building my experience in terms of a career, uh, whatever path that, that would have led me. And uh, starting off as a volunteer, in fact, you know, I started off as a volunteer with the American Diabetes Association, became a staff member um, with them. And now here I am with the Alzheimer's Association. Wow. You know, moms, man, they're the best. Moms are the best. And, <laughs> yes, yes. and, and speaking about mom, you were saying your native language uh, wasn't English. Is that correct? Yes. So I'm, I'm originally from Saipan. I moved Saipan? away from Saipan wow. um, when I was 17. So 17. Saipan is part of the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands. We're mm -hmm. a territory of the United States, similar to Guam, Puerto Rico, District of Columbia, uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands. So our native language is Chamorro. Um, and wow, Chamorro. Is that how it's pronounced? Chamorro. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow. Yep. Wow, that's awesome. I know my, my native tongue is also Japanese. So that's really cool, man. Like mom and man, two points for mom. So when you we were 17 <laughs> years old, you came to Honolulu? No, I moved to Oregon actually. So I lived in Oregon nice. for 10 years um, mm. prior to moving um, here to Hawaii. 
Um, and I, I moved here uh, nine, nine, ten years ago as well. So I've been gone from Saipan for over 20 years. Wow. Um, yeah. And what, what drew you to Hawaii, Oahu? Um, well, we, we had a, a house here at the time when I first moved back or when I first moved here. So it was easy. It was an mm -hmm. easy transition to, you know, come here and not have to worry about paying rent or looking for a place to live. Um, also, it was closer to home. It was similar to home. I, I got tired of the cold weather in Oregon. Oh, I do love Oregon, though. Um, but so it was an easy move for me. And it was something different, perhaps, that, you know, I could, you know, venture in. And uh, it's really why I moved, just to start fresh. Um, when I was in Oregon, I worked for Nautilus Health and Fitness. You know, we marketed, sold, and manufactured Bowflex, Stairmaster, Schwinn Fitness, Nautilus Gym Equipment. I'm sure you're very familiar with that with Nautilus Health and Fitness. Um, I was there for about seven years. Wow. So that was kind of your foundation. That was before the Diabetes Association, yep. which led to Alzheimer's. And then what drew you specifically to the Alzheimer's Association? So in, in 20, uh, 2018, mm -hmm. uh, 2019, Actually, the latter part of 2018, a colleague or current colleague of mine with the Alzheimer's Association reached out and had mentioned that there's an opportunity that perhaps I may want to look into. Um, so I did. And uh, things were busy at ADA, American Diabetes Association. So I, I kind of put that on, on hold. I wanted to make sure that I, you know, um, you know, give my 110 percent uh, with the projects I had with ADA. Um, but I, you know, I did my due diligence. I did my research with the organization. I've heard of them before. I have family members affected by dementia uh, and also friends that have parents or grandparents with dementia. And, um, you know, I, I, I applied. I reached out to the hiring manager, um, got my colleague to also help with a referral. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because as I was going through the, the, um, the whole process, um, you know, on working with projects with ADA, I would hear my friends and my family members kind of share the challenges that they've been having with their loved one with dementia. So it was almost as, you know, okay, you know, I think this is a sign, you know, maybe this is the next step, the next challenge. I've done what I could have done at ADA. You know, I took an event and the organization to where I think I, I was able to get it to. Um, so it was a nice transition. We, you know, we, we closed our fundraising event um, before I left with uh, half a million dollars raised uh, for one single event. So what a success and what a great time to leave is, you know, having to, you know, give the baton to the next person, uh, bright and shiny and, you know, like a machine, it's, it's going to take off uh, with the next, the next leadership that comes in. Wow. That's incredible. Like all the things that you've done in the last what the eight nine years that you were with ADA and the the sign that you're hearing about loved ones with dementia and I gotta ask because it's been one year now what's been like the what's been I want to go challenge and then also good thing what's been the biggest challenge or learning point over the last 12 months in your new role uh, you know, I think oh, it's always going to be some of the internal processes right the different mm -hmm. systems you use um, I, I enjoy reading about research and hearing about research, so that's never a challenge. I actually think of that as an opportunity, you know, to to learn more every day. And I try to learn something new every day. You know, you, you 
can go get on Google and find something new. But you know, specific to research, I try and stay you know up to date with what's going on. Um, you know, in in the dementia research uh, field. Um, I, I think what I've learned is you know just just being able to be uh, continue to be empathetic with you know my team and our volunteers and and the people we serve actually because you know they especially during this time you know they're faced with challenges that they've never had to to deal with before so how do we respond um you know and how do we support them because that's our mission is, is making sure that we can serve them to the best of our ability uh and that could be through our programs it could be through one-on-one -on -one conversations it could be as simple as sending a card of, of uh, uh, you know, of thanks or of hope, right? Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's I, I, I guess, you know, if you're asking what's the challenge I faced uh, within this year, it's really just internal processes, which is, you know, um, really very minimal compared to what others may have may experience, you know, with uh, nonprofit organizations because as a nonprofit organization, right, you have a duty to your donors and the people you serve. You want to be fiscally responsible. You want to make sure that when you are are, are um, asking for donations or receiving donations, you feel good about receiving that donation, knowing that it's you know it's going to go to supporting. Uh, you know, this family, uh, you know, from Maui who are faced with a challenging situation with their uh, grandfather or grandmother living with dementia. Um, so. Wow. You know, LJ, and that's just, that, that goes to show your character right there, how it just sounds like you're such a people-centric leader. And with, with words like empathy, you're all about the team, about the people, serving, adding value, taking care of the people. And just the way you're mentioning, like writing thank you cards, you know, uh, calling them one-on-one, -on -one, making sure that the donor, you know, like that whole connection, it just feels like that. Where does that come from? Because that's something that's very difficult to teach. If not, I mean, can you teach that? Or is that just something where, from your upbringing again, something something to do with that. I'm I'm curious. Well, you, you know, I wanna I wanna say, um, mm -hmm. you know, the, the the team here in Hawaii has been just phenomenal, from the programs team, development team, admin team, and, and volunteers. So a lot of what we're doing now and what we've been able to do and the success we've had uh, within the year I've been here is really uh, you know a testament to their hard work and focus. Um, I think to answer and to answer your question. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a fundraiser at heart. I like, you know, I know how to raise money. Um, I also give, you know, you have to give back to whether it's money, time, blood, sweat and tears. Um, so when I, when I, as a, as a donor, I, I want to be able to experience the whole mission, right? So what would I, what do I look for in, in that engagement is, is what I try to convey to the team to do when they reach out to donors or program participants. Uh, and then that's what we do. That's, that's the Alzheimer's Association Hawaii is you want to take that donor through the whole mission experience, sharing exactly what you do uh, and, and thanking them really quick. You know, I can, I can, the power of a handwritten note, thanking a donor is just, I mean, it's, 
just an amazing feeling when you get a, a handwritten note from, from a nonprofit organization just saying thanks, a, a simple thank you. And, um, you know, I've gotten calls from people who've gone cards, um, you know, sometimes commenting on my, on my, um, my handwriting because I don't have the best handwriting. But just, you know, taking the time, I mean, these people write, you know, write checks every month, every week, every year. Uh, and what's, you know, what's a minute of your time to just uh, send something that's 50 cents to just say thanks. Mm -hmm. And that's the incredible thing that the, the people centric part that you do, it's so clear, right? It's just like, you're going to give and you're going to raise and you're going to give back to the community. And it's just so wonderful. You know, I just, I just find that so fascinating. Like how, how does, how does, I want to keep asking these questions. This is good. How do, how do we end up with an LJ? I mean, cause you must've had some hard times, right? I don't think you had an easy life coming from Saipan with a single mom. And yeah, you know, I mean, there's gotta be some sort of like challenge or moments where you felt like, okay, these might've been the moments where you started like boom, 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 and started developing. What do you feel like those defining moments in maybe when you were 17, 15, like for instance, for me, uh, we were always raised in the poverty level. Um, you know, we never, we never ever owned a uh, house. Um, you know, there were moments where my parents, we would get expired food and like, you know, things that were past due date and we would just add heat, pick the mold off. And my mom would tell me, just eat this, you know, like, and I'm 12 years old. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, great. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those things made me really grateful for things in life. And I'm just curious, like, what are some of the things that helped you become who you are now? I mean, whether it's childhood, adolescence, adulthood, what do you think? Because this is amazing who you are. Well, you know, I think it has to also do with um, upbringing, you know, as a coming from a very small island, I mean, there's you know, 40,000 people on, on, uh, on Saipan, so you know everyone, um, maybe 50,000 today. But, you know, we had a um, uh, very close extended family. So your first cousins, your second cousins, your neighbors are really your brothers and sisters. So, you know, family was a huge part, in, you know, in growing up. And even till today, you know, we always we stay connected. And um, when I come to work, you know, it's, it's a family here too. You know, you treat everyone like your brothers and sisters um, and you, you have to genuinely, you know, I genuinely care for my team. And I think that's also what you have to convey is, is just making sure that they know, I mean, when things get rough, uh, that's why I'm here, right? I wanna make sure that their work, uh, that they have all that they need to do their work, whether it's the skills, the resources, uh, you know, uh, my support, whatever that may, whatever that may look like. Um, going, uh, you know, to answer your question, um, yeah, life, you know, life has been uh, challenging, right? When I was in Oregon and uh, had a great career with uh, Nautilus, um, you know, being being in, uh, you know, being younger, right? You you tend to you know, go and enjoy life, right? And I think I was enjoying life too much. And uh, it came to a point where, you know, I, uh, I mean, nothing terrible happened to me, but it was just my kind of self-awareness that, uh, gosh, 
you know, I, I, I just, this is not for me, right? I want to, I know God has a bigger plan and that bigger plan was really to, to serve people, whatever capacity that would be, whether it's with ADA, Alzheimer's Association, a nonprofit organization, another nonprofit organization, or through my church, uh, and just, just volunteering where I can. So, you know, I think there's, there's different challenges that I faced in life that, that has um, allowed me to, to get where I'm at today and some of the insights I've had and, and the relationship building skills that I was able to develop uh, throughout my career, whether it's Nautilus, whether it's through my, my um, career with nonprofit organizations. But, uh, you know, I was fortunate, uh, you know, Justin, not to have had to go through what you had gone through. You know, I was, um, you know, my mom and my, my entire family, you know, we, as I mentioned, were very close. So, you know, we never, we never had to, um, need anything uh you know I, I never grew up in poverty um but i grew up in a lot of love and um you know a lot of support uh, whether it's from, from my mom or my grandparents and um i think you know they they very very driven people my grandmother was a businesswoman um she didn't even finish high school but wow. she, she was very, success, very successful in what she did, right? She was in real estate. She opened a bar, a restaurant, um, office supply store, um, apartment buildings. And, you know, I think just, just seeing her uh, and, and the success that she was able to accomplish and, um, and, and provide for the family, you know, it's, it's also, you know, what I, what I also kind of kept in mind, you know, always in the back of my mind, you know, that um, if you want something really bad, you know, nothing's stopping you except yourself. I like that. If you want something really bad, nothing is stopping you except yourself. Dang, that's the quote. That's the LJ quote right there. That's the closing, dang, man. Like, wow. So, so wait, grandma, She's done all of this. Was this in Saipan or? Mm -hmm. Yes, Saipan. She, you know, she, um, she, I believe she was the first um, owner of an office supply store. She opened a restaurant wow. and bar. She, you know, she bought um, buildings. I'm sorry. She bought land and then developed the land, you know, built buildings. And, um, and of course, she's since sold all of that because she's now in retirement, right? But uh, you know, her, her hard work and the many sacrifices that maybe she's had to, to make, which, you know, she doesn't really share with us, um, you know, really provided for the family. So we would be, you know, we were, we were always well taken care of, always had food on the table, um, always had, you know, what we needed to go to school uh, with, whether it's, you know, notebooks, backpacks and whatnot. Um, so, you know, we have two different stories, right, Justin? I mean, you, you know, I mean, look at what you've done with yourself. You know, you've, you've gone from from living in poverty and now you have your own business and you inspire other people through your story uh, and the many other challenges that you faced growing up. Um, you have a book. It's amazing, right? Yeah, Fighting Sickness with Fitness. Yeah. And this is what compelled me to join and always partake in the Alzheimer's Association. My one of my good friends, I would witness it firsthand, the grandfather with Alzheimer's and dementia, slowly starting to forget who we were and forget the family members. 
and just the pain of watching that memory and my friend in in pain and in tears all the time and that made me think like wow you know we need to do something about this and so we we started doing the walk in alzheimer's i think the first one i did was 2015 and then ever since then the last since 2015 and you know what's really cool lj is that it just really seems like you're all about family taking care of people love relationship building giving back community and i'm like really curious like what are some of your best practices to build relationships in your work and your team environment uh well first of all you have to be you know you have to look people in the eye right when you're talking to them uh, you have to make sure that they they know that when you're when they're speaking with you that you're there a hundred percent because people you know people can can tell whether you're genuine or not or whether you're listening or not um as i shared you know my role here is really just to make sure that they have what they need to do their job successfully uh, and if they're not successful that's my fault right that's my fault that's not their fault i mean yes they have goals that they have to achieve but uh, I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be the, the you know, I'm, I'm the boat, right? They're the captain. <laughs> uh, I'm keeping them afloat or, or you know, they're, they're keeping me afloat, afloat too. But my role is really just to support them as much as I can so that they're successful. Um, and I think also, you know, in terms of building relationships, right, whether it's a donor or, or a staff person or a volunteer, you have to get to know them outside of work. You know, there's, there's, you know, you know about, I mean, ask them about their family, what's their, you know, what's their, um, what's their favorite thing to do outside of uh, work? What do they do on the weekends? Do they have kids? What's the name of their kids? And you make sure you know the name of their kids too. Uh, you know, are they married? Different things like that, right? You gotta, you gotta treat them like a person. Yeah, not an employee. Um, that's, that's how you gain the respect and the trust so that they know that they can always turn to you if they need support. Um, because that's where, you know, that's where true teamwork comes from is, uh, re regardless if it's a challenging situation or, or a failed project, um, imagine how much better the next project or the next event is gonna be because, you know, you've had this learning, learning experience, right? Um, one, one board member, uh, our current, uh, a new board member actually joined our, our chapter board um, and she says uh, always fail forward so you know always fail forward you, I like that always fail forward so so take what you you learn from that um, unfortunate situation and move forward but you know move forward and, and you've learned from that I mean that's a, that's how you should look at failure is is an opportunity to to do better to improve year over year dang and you know i was just about to ask something along the lines of making mistakes and temporary failures because to raise money or to do anything community or to make a big impact it takes many rejections many failures many no's and it takes someone of character to be able to take those no's and rejections and see that as moving forward. 
And that you just gave me a glimpse of what kind of leader you are, man. You like you take full ownership, responsibility of your team. You know, it's like, oh, it's my fault. How can I help? I, I love that. And getting to know your team outside of just the work environment, their kids' names, <laughs> the hobbies. That's all awesome stuff, man. Like, do you guys do anything like outside of work together? Like I know, oh, and I know you like to bike. I seen your pictures, you're biking at 50 miles or something like that. 108 miles. We did 108 miles two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Great for health, physical health, mental health. Wow. So wait, curious, before we lose that, what got you into dri uh, riding a bike? And like for distance like that? So I've always enjoyed cycling. Um, and it's what a perfect place to ride. You know, it's so beautiful here in, in Hawaii. Um, maybe not the safest place, but we're getting there, right? We're, we're, we're adding more bike lanes, uh, um, cyclists and those who drive vehicles, you know, are, are more aware um, that cyclists are on the road and cyclists are more respectful and a lot, there's a lot of respect that, that's, you know, being earned for, for both car drivers and cyclists. Um, but a few years ago, the uh, American Diabetes Association, we had uh, an event called Tour de Cure, which is a pure cycling event, right? And I was very interested and eager to bring this event to Hawaii. So I started to really, you know, pick up my cycling game and, and meeting other cyclists and building a committee so that we had a group of cyclists and also fundraisers to, to kind of spearhead this, this new adventure that we, that we undertook under, uh, under our special events. So that's where a lot of, you know, that's where things started to uh, pick up, you know, I got more into cycling uh, than I used to before. So, you know, when I when you live in Portland, right? Portland is such a bike city. You can bike anywhere uh, if you're within the within the downtown or the Portland vicinity. Um, so I was always cycling or biking there. But here, when I first moved here, it was a challenge because at the time Hawaii or Honolulu wasn't very bike friendly. But that has since changed. So. When I took on Tour de Cure, when we when we took that event here in, to Hawaii uh, as a fundraiser, is when I ramped up my cycling events, um, or just being more out there and, and cycling with friends and building more friends because that's what you that's what you you got to build right is your audience, your base, then they tell their friends, and then they tell their friends. <laughs> exactly. And uh, that event has grown. It has grown significantly. You know, last. Uh, in when I left, the event raised, um, I believe, five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wow. believe five hundred and fifty thousand. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's incredible! And when did this all originally start? What year was that? Two thousand and fourteen, I believe, or fifteen. So in the last five six years, that's incredible. Yeah, you know, and I imagine too, LJ, with the amount of activity that is a hundred plus miles. I mean, I imagine nutrition and recovery and mobility stuff has to be pretty on point for you to be able to consistently do it for as long as you do. What are some of the things that you do in a daily, daily or weekly for your nutrition, your recovery, so that you can continue cycling at a high level? <laughs> 
so you know I'm I'm not the best eater. Uh, <laughs> I I do like my carbs, but um, you know I compensate right. Like so, I have my breakfast is usually carb heavy, uh, but you know dinner. Um, I I love steak, so I would at least have um, um, you know um, meat once a week. But most of my dinners include you know salads, right? So I go to bed not not full. Um, so you know I think maybe in terms of my my diet, Justin, I could probably use your help. <laughs> uh, but I stay pretty active, that you know I can burn the calories or the intake that I that I do take in, especially for breakfast. So I cycle at least two or three times a week, and then also on the weekend. Uh, or go hiking with some, you know, with friends uh, on the weekends. Now with COVID-19, some hikes you can probably also do in the, you know, on the weekday right after work. Um, but just as I, as I gear up for like that hundred-mile ride, you know, you have to, um, you know, you have to find that day that works best for you to carb up, so your body has all the carbs and the energy that it needs to endure that with that 100-mile bike ride. And then also you kind of you know, you would want to make sure that you're well hydrated before, before the ride, um, and also during. My, um, this is this is terrible, but I just have to share. So folks drink Gatorade, they drink Powerade, they you know have Pedialyte, right, to keep them hydrated when they're in, when they're um, participating in an, an endurance activity. My go-to has been Pepsi. Not not a lot of Pepsi. But, you know, at least, um, you know, a can of Pepsi that if I need that little extra boost, I would just have a sip. <laughs> <laughs> That's a first. I heard that, man. That's awesome. Yep. That's something I definitely didn't know. <laughs> a sip of Pepsi. It's, it's almost like a, you know, like a sugar pill or like an energy chew that you would take when you're, when you're running. So even like with marathons, you know, you would have friends that are staged uh, throughout the route to hand you, whether it's a Gatorade, whether it's a can of Pepsi, Coke, or just something. I know it's not the best um, thing to, to, you know, have when you're, when you're, um, you know, running, because I think it, if I'm not mistaken, you know, it may also actually dehydrate you, but it has worked for me, uh, you know, just to make sure that I still have that energy or that boost of energy, um, you know, if I'm feeling, you know, kind of, kind of fatigued or getting tired. <laughs> I like that. That's, that's definitely something very interesting. And going into like exercise on, on that page, what are some of the lifestyle recommendations that you and the Alzheimer's Association recommend for mental or brain health? So, you know, a lot of, um, there's a lot of research that actually will be coming out through our um, U.S. pointer study. And uh, the U.S. pointer study is, is focused on lifestyle changes that you know people can do to delay or prevent the onset of uh, cognitive uh, you know um, impairment or dementia or Alzheimer's so similar to like cardiovascular disease and diabetes you know they're, they're looking at um, how diet and physical activity plays um, in, in brain health and they're finding that um, you know folks who have or folks who eat a balanced diet, uh, who are physically active, and who have some form of brain, um, 
how would I put this stimulation, whether they they read or whether they play games or whether they are, um, you know, social, active mm -hmm. socially, uh, they they seem to have a less increase. Or they they seem to have a less um, uh, chance of of um, cognitive impairment. Now the the evidence, you know, I mean, this is this is a longitudinal study, so we're not going to know exactly what the numbers look like until you know maybe three or four years from from now. Um, but you know, what's what's good for your heart is good for your head, and so that's that's what we're kind of promoting at this time. But mm. until we have those the evidence to back that up and what exactly that looks like, I think it's going to be different for for many people. Just like heart disease and diabetes, right? It's different for many people um, because our, um, you know, our, our ethnicity and, and just the makeup of our of our body is different from from the different ethnic groups, right? Like, um, for instance, uh, diabetes. You know, and I'm talking about diabetes because I know uh, a lot about diabetes. But you know, with uh, Asians, uh, although they may appear slim. Um, they actually may also they they are actually at higher risk of diabetes at a lower body weight compared to other ethnic groups. So those kind of those kind of factors I think will come in the future as we do more research. But research is very very new with Alzheimer's, so it's promising. Um, we'll get there we'll get there soon um, with with these you know concrete guidelines or standards of care um, that includes diet, physical activity, and whatnot. But I think you know for the most part what what that what ADA, what AHA, what cancer, what lung association promotes is, is what we want to also promote. It's a, you know, kind of a combined uh, approach to, to health. I love that. And you're right, because if when we look at the different associations, they do kind of cross paths too with like the recommendations of cardiovascular, walking, dancing, you know, hiking, yoga. Um, and then also, what, I love what you said earlier, what's good for the heart is usually good for the brain. And that, that's also a big thing with vegetables. I've never really seen, you know, that's usually a cornerstone. Vegetables, water, rest, recovery, cardiovascular, a little bit of resistance training. And then like how we do that or the proportions and the percentages of all that, or even like what type of vegetable i mean that'll different but i love that you're right because it does those are some of the foundations um that everybody can agree on with the vegetables the water recovery cardiovascular wow and you said it was a u.s u.s pointer study uh u.s pointer study u.s pointer study got it and i gotta ask this lj because you know, for as driven as you are and as people-centric as you are, there must be things or something that people might have a misconception or misunderstand about you. Like, for instance, for me, people might misunderstand that I'm just like a, you know, workaholic with no life about family and all that too. But in reality, I always make time for family and my fiance and all this stuff too. And what are, what is something or some things that Maybe some people tend to misunderstand about you that you want to like put out there. Well, you know, I, I think, um, I think um, the fact that I, I, you know, didn't go to college is one thing, you know, many people 
would automatically assume that I went to college, um, that I grew up here in Hawaii, and um, and, I, and I didn't. Um, like I said, I'm not I'm not saying that people should not go to college. I think that they should. And if I was able to look back at my life, I probably would have gone back and really finished college um, because I think it would give me the uh, other skills, perhaps that I wasn't able to. Um, to you know, pick up on when I, when you jump into just starting to work. Um, I think that's one misunderstanding people uh, would would have of me is that I did go through college. Um, also, I think um, sometimes maybe I'm a little bit um, stoic, but I think you know I think it's it's just perhaps maybe how I, I, I look or maybe I should smile more often. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I think I'm a pretty friendly person. Um, I, I love talking to people. Uh, it doesn't even need to be about work. Um, and similar to you, a lot of people think that I work a lot and I do work a lot. You know, I like to, I like to make sure that, um, you know, the team knows that I'm here to support them. Uh, we're doing all that we can, especially during this crisis, but I do like, my me time you know i go mm. cycling every week uh, and i you know i have a days of rest and you know just just being able to be stressed and and um, i think that's important that people know that so just you know hearing from you too because you're always working i think you're up like what three three four o'clock in the morning getting four thirty your team yeah four thirty ready for your zoom workout so it's really nice <laughs> to see that but yeah you work a lot justin so you gotta make sure you have time for yourself and it's, you know, it's mental health, right, too. You got to just, like, um, you know, de-stress. Yesterday, I, you know, I went cycling in the morning, and then I spent, like, maybe five, six hours at a park with my dog, just hanging out. And that was, that was an amazing, you know, it was a, a nice way to just spend uh, the rest of my day, you know, just kind of, like, like, doing nothing, just hanging out and, you know, um, enjoying um the outdoors it wasn't super hot where i was um it was like up on up on a hillside but um i think that's all, also very important make, i agree make sure that you take care of yourself yeah yeah no i totally agree like what you're saying about me time and uh like that's the whole self-care i truly believe that and just like what you were saying like five hours yesterday uh you were with your dog i love going to the river or just in the forest somewhere and I'll just hike randomly. I'll just get lost in nature and I love doing that. And what are some of the self-care things that, I know you said you'll hang out with your dog and you'll cycle. Is there anything else that you like to treat yourself like and give back to yourself? Or like for me, one of my guilty pleasures yep. is the occasional uh, massage. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they, I love massages, but I don't know if they, They've opened up yet, but um, my one of my vice vices is, is a good bottle of wine. Oh, uh, what's or, your favorite? Ice cold, ice cold beer. Um, I love cabs, so so cabs are my favorite. Um, you know, it really it really depends. I have my my favorite, but I won't share that on here. But also just a nice cold beer and, and like fresh sashimi. Oh, you know, it's, it's always just. <laughs> just awesome so we so had a graduation shady. party on yeah we had a graduation party on sunday and i rode the day before and i rode through waimanalo and 
I saw these, this family selling tuna, fresh tuna for $4 a pound. I'm like, oh, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go back and buy a tuna because we have a graduation party the next day. And uh, I didn't go back. And I regretted that because I ended up having to buy sashimi from another store, from a store, and they sold it at $16 a pound. So I was like, oh gosh. Wow. Wine, wine, ice cold beer, and sashimi. <laughs> I like that. Wine, ice cold beer, and sashimi. <laughs> nice combination. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Dang, LJ. And uh, we're getting to our last final questions, but I want to ask them, what do you want to share to our audience that maybe I didn't ask you today? So, you know, I just wanted to share that um, the Alzheimer's Association is here to support um, everyone who is affected by, by dementia, or even those who don't know if they have dementia or their family members um, may have dementia. Um, it's, a, it's a stigma, you know, it's still a stigma in the community where people are um, hesitant to reach out for help. Um, but, you know, I think it's better to reach out now than uh, rather than later when, when things are, are not going well because there's so many things that you could do now to just ensure that the life of who you're caring for and your, your life and sanity um, is, is uh, going to be smoother than if you didn't reach out um, you know, so, sooner. So I, I think that's what I wanna leave with the you know, um, as we close the, the podcast is, is just having everyone know that, you know, the Alzheimer's Association is, is here 24 seven. You know, we have a helpline uh, team that is this, that works around the clock even during holidays um, because Alzheimer's, uh, you know, doesn't sleep. It's, it's people, you know, have challenging uh, situations at night, all hours of the day. And um, that's, that's really why we're here is to, to just make sure that we can help improve their quality of life until we find a cure. Um, and also just, you know, on a personal note, like, you know, like what you do, Justin and your team, fall in love with what you do because people are going to, people can see that, you know, they can, they can call BS, um, but people can see that and they appreciate that. And, you know, they will remember you, um, just like how I remember you the first time I met you, just your energy and you're like, oh, I will, I'm never gonna forget his name because you know, that, that impression you leave, and it doesn't need to even be a, the, the best impression at the first meeting, right? It's just the impression that you leave with people so that you know, they remember who you are. And that's what we wanna make sure that we do too, is there, every experience that we have, whether it's calling our office, whether it's coming into our office, whether it's, you know, uh, joining one of our programs or support groups or coming to our walk. We want people to leave uh, that, people to leave having that sense that they did something uh, that is impacting others and also that their experience was memorable. Mm. So that next year they come back and when people know that, when, when people bring up conversations about um, uh, Alzheimer's or dementia or aging, they know who that they, they know who they can turn to and that's us wow with that being said lj before we go into our final last question where can they find you if they want to reach out to you so, 
Yeah, so they can always visit our website, ald.org slash Hawaii. Um, also, our 24-7 uh, helpline number is 800-272-3900. We're on Facebook, too, at ALD Hawaii. So, you know, we're, we're available 24-7, like I mentioned. Um, our helpline call center is in Chicago, but they actually will take the call handle the situation, and then let a local program specialist here in, in Hawaii, uh, whether it's Honolulu, Kauai, Hawaii Island, or Maui County, um, let them know that, you know, a person from Maui called, we'll get you connected to our amazing uh, programs person in Maui, Christine Spencer, and so she would then do a follow-up if needed. Love it. Final question, what does fighting sickness with fitness mean to you, LJ? Well, you know, I think uh, fitness is a very broad term, right? It could be the fitness of your brain, you know, your brain health, your physical health, emotional health. Um, I think it's it's a uh, it's a uh, you know it's a great great um, saying where in order for you to live the best life possible, you've got to take care of yourself. You know, your body is a temple, right? Mm. You, uh, how you feel, what you eat, um, what you put your body through. Um, it, it, it's just, um, you know, it talks, uh, it's, it's a lot of self-respect, right? You got you to gotta treat your body like it was a temple. I love that. Treat your body like a temple and self-respect. Yep. LJ, yeah. thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and uh, thank you to the listeners at home. Is there any last words that you want to leave with us, LJ? Uh, just give us a call if we can help, 800-272-3900. And uh, uh, we'll see you at the, the walk uh, uh, for Maui soon. Yes. And uh, thanks. Yeah, but Justin, thank you for all you do. You know, it's always great to see you and your team very early in the morning as you start your, your day to, to keep, uh, you know, uh, Maui healthy. Uh, but, you know, just keep up the good work. We appreciate you. Yes. Thank you, LJ. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. I'll see you. Thank you again all so much for listening to the first episode of the Yanagita Podcast Show. For more information about the Walk to End Alzheimer's, it'll be in the description of the episode. So please make sure to tune in to every Monday for a new episode of the Yanagita Podcast Show. Yo, thank you all so much again, and I'll see you on Monday. Out.